Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. Welcome back in football fans to episode three of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I am Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, sitting across the table from my very best friend Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press. And this is it. Football season is all the way here. We had a nice little warm up and appetizer of a few games. It's week three of the high school football season. Every single team in the area is playing this week, well, or has already played. And this Saturday, I got to watch Notre Dame win a game. Sunday, I got to watch my Buffalo Bills win. As we are recording, Adam Regan is getting ready to watch his New York football giants take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. Regan, football is back. How do you feel? I'm excited for the full slate of games. Yes. That's always fun to have all these scores coming in throughout the course of the night. I'm checking Twitter as I'm on the sidelines. Very exciting. And I will say we have two full slates of games this week um, because Friday is the start of the Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah. A lot of the teams are playing on Thursday. We have eight games on Thursday, eight games on Friday. So it is going to be jam-packed. Stay with us for all the updates throughout the week. But first, let's take a look back at last week, week two, the last week without the public schools playing. We had seven games that happened on the record couple of interesting things went down. Adam Regan, what was most impressive for you in week two? I have two things that were probably the most impressive. I think Bishop Rowe going to yes. American Heritage, Delray Beach, and shutting them out 19 nothing, yes. And they held them to 95 yards of offense. Ooh. I mean, at their own place. That's just disrespectful. And that's a good team. We talked about American Heritage, uh, Delray Beach. Not as good as American Heritage Plantation, but it's a team that went to the playoffs last year. Always impressive. Another private school. And uh, to go on the road, and we always talk about my my uh, on-the-road rule. If you're taking a two-hour bus ride, I usually pick against you. But Bishop Rowe didn't care. Uh, defense came out fired up. They win 19 to nothing. What was the other thing you wanted to mention? The game I was at, I mean, this was my first ever game at Southwest Florida Christian Academy. And, man, the scoreboard was not working because it got struck by lightning. Well, because they were putting up so many points. Oh, the, it, the it scoreboard been, couldn't keep up. could have been the answer. SFCA comes away with a 48-28 to 28 win. You had Eli Moore, who we talked about last week on the podcast, freshman quarterback at SFCA. He throws for a school record 455 yards, Jeez. five touchdowns. You had Justin Rogers, one of their receiver running backs, 226 yards of total offense, oh four touchdowns. Carson Wallace, I believe, had 170 yards and two touchdowns. And then on the other side of it, another guy I was impressed with, and we talked about him last week on the podcast, was Toby Kellner, the quarterback at Oasis. Mm-hmm. 446 yards of total offense, 309 passing yards, 137 rushing, three total TDs. He almost brought him back in the third quarter. He really put the team on his back. I don't see a whole lot of small private school football, but, man, these kids are impressive. I saw SFCA in week one at CSN, and they lost um, handily, uh, but I did like Eli Moore. I thought he looked good. He's just a freshman. He's a ninth grader. I know he played some last year as an eighth grader, but he looks like a quarterback, like he's a big kid. He's 6'2", 6'3", and he can whip the ball. And that Justin Rogers, he had a big catch against community school. And then that that doesn't even mention uh, the guy that I really liked, Sam Ripple, who does pretty much everything for that team. You know, that just shows you they got some weapons there at the SFCA. It's funny, Bill Moore, the coach of SFCA, brought up last week's game against CSN. Mm -hmm. And he said that guys like Justin Rogers and Carson Wallace, he played them both ways. 
and they got a little tired. Well, he kept them off of defense against Oasis, and these kids were obviously healthy and ready to go because they put up big numbers. I I don't know what the number situation in terms of the roster size for SFCA is, but I don't think you'll see much of Carson Wallace and Justin Rogers playing defense anymore after the offensive night they had. I mean, I know Oasis had a very good offensive night, but you know, if you're defense, you really need your defense to stop a team that's a little bit better than Oasis. You need your studs over there on that defensive side of the ball. So, um, yes, go ahead. Well, moving on, you had an overtime game. I had an overtime game. You love overtime games. It wasn't games. nearly as exciting as your game. As you were telling me about all the points that were scored, um, I was thinking about mine in which there was three points scored in the first you know, 20 minutes. I was at community school, a, a game that started off very slow, but an exciting finish. Community school went 18-12 to 12 in overtime. And overtime high school games are tons of fun. Think about college where they get alternating possessions at the 25. Well, in high school, it's at the 10. So it's a really good time. And CSN, the only 2-0 team in all of Southwest Florida, if you don't count Charlotte County, they are the only team in our area right now. You're looking at me like I'm dumb, Regan, but it's an actual fact. Look it up. The Seahawks, 2-0 after going 1-8 all of last year. What do you think of that? I really want to know how good CSN is because I saw SFCA last week. Yeah. And I saw how good they are offensively. And I thought defensively they were pretty decent too, except for this Kellner kid from Oasis who just was running and throwing all over the place. But CSN must be pretty good if they handled SFCA like that. So CSN did not look good to start the game. um, And they really didn't get moving until the fourth quarter. They didn't score their first touchdown until five minutes left. But what it was was the kid we talked about last week, Landon Reed, big dude, listed at 6'1", 210 pounds, just trucking people. And he didn't have a lot of success early. But as I'm watching him, I was reminded of last year when Derrick Henry led the NFL in rushing. I heard someone say, you know, he has so many, he leads the NFL in fourth quarter rushing yards because he's such a big, powerful dude that defenses just get tired of, of tackling him. They get tired of getting hit by Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter. Landon Reed last week comes out and he has, you know, 40 rushing yards in the fourth quarter in overtime. I mean, he bowled his way into the end zone on a seven-yard run to tie it, an eight-yard run to win the game. There wasn't much else offensive success for the Seahawks. Their quarterback, Kale Perch, didn't uh, run as wild as he did before. Lovinson and Xavier didn't do a whole lot. So um, I think what I'm saying is they have multiple ways of getting it done, either Kale Perch, and that's without Cooper Core. Also, their other quarterback did not play either. This Derrick Henry character you speak of, is this the same Derrick Henry, who's Florida's all-time leading rusher he is, out of Yulee High School. Whatever happened to him? Uh, I think he's leading the NFL in rushing now. <laughs> he got paid, too. Yeah, he did. He did. Now, now, listen, I'm not comparing Landon Reed to Derrick Henry. I don't think he's going to be leading the NFL in rushing, but maybe he will, Landon. Go get it. Go get it. Um, anything else stand out to you? You know, you had uh, Canterbury won. St. John Newman won their season opener in a shutout against ECS. LaBelle got shut out big at Clewiston, and, and First Baptist lost all the way up in Atlanta um, pretty handily. But anything else you want to mention? Well, do you think that First Baptist, I mean, they got it handed to them up there in Georgia. Do you think they'll be getting better for that? You know, do you think they gained a little bit of team unity on that long bus Definitely. ride up there? Those always uh, lead to team unity, and also they played a very good team. You know, a team that went to the uh, Final Four in Georgia in Atlanta last year. That's like a football hotbed, you know, a huge city. Obviously not as big as a uh, Florida area. But very good team they lost to, and Rich Millian, their quarterback, threw for 308 yards, and that's got to be a career high. I didn't look it up, but he did it mostly with his legs last year. But playing from behind most of the game, you know, he, he aired it out, and he showed that he can air it out when he needs to, so that's maybe another facet they added to their offense. Yeah, well, that'll do it for our first segment, and when we come back, we're going to talk some public school football as they get going this week. 
Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's week three, but it's week one for Collier County and Lee County Public Schools. There's 21 of them that'll be in action. Fisher, what are you most looking forward to this week? So first off, what I'm most interested in is how exactly we're going to cover these games. Uh, As we said, this is the first time the the public schools have played, and there are all kinds of certain restrictions. Now, why does this matter to football fans? Well, it's because it may limit our ability to bring you great coverage of these games. When we were at public school or the private schools the past few weeks, they kind of make their own rules. They let the reporters on the sidelines. Uh, As of right now, Collier County has told us that we cannot be on the sideline whatsoever. That means really no video. Um, possibly no pictures because our photographers require being on the sideline to get good photos. So um, I'm really interested to see how that goes. Uh, and as a fan, man, if, if you want to see better coverage, you know, reach out to uh, the school system and let them know to, to free free the Naples Daily News, free the Fort Myers News Press. So that's what I'm curious about. What about you? In terms of Lee County, though, uh, we got an email earlier today saying that there's going to be a designated area for media. And I'm assuming that means on the field, but I think – Really, that designated area is really up to each individual athletic director. So in Lee County, we'll see on Thursday night what happens. Well, in Collier, I may not even be allowed into the press box, which will limit my ability to even tweet and update folks you know, on a live scoreboard. And we got one of the biggest games of the year kicking off on Thursday night. Arguably the biggest game of the year. As of right now, we'll see what happens in eight weeks. But Naples High School at Palmetto Ridge, and I'm very excited won't get too uh, much into it because we talked about it a lot last week, but, you know, it's can Palmetto Ridge live up to expectations? They got so much back on offense. And Naples High School, what are they going to look like in the first game without Bill Kramer since 1997? So that in uh, Naples, in Collier, will be the biggest game. Uh, Regan, how about Lee County? What are you most looking forward to on Thursday and or Friday night? We're kicking off the season with the Calusa-Hatchie rivalry. Fort Myers at North Fort Myers. It's one of the older rivalries in Lee County, and weirdly enough, they played twice last year. They played in the regular season and in the playoffs, and it didn't go really well for the Red Knights. Nope. Fort Myers won 48-3 to in the regular season and 49-28 in a regional corner final. The Greenies rushed for 755 yards in those two games. Wow. North could not tackle anybody. I, they got to be better this year in terms of tackling well, wise. I mean, North was no joke last year. They went 7-3 and three and they themselves rushed for 302 yards a game. So they're a good, te- they're a good team, but Fort Myers took them to the woodshed twice. This game's at North Fort Myers. Ooh. Could get interesting. I, I mean, the fans always get kind of rowdy, but at 25% capacity, who knows what that's going to look like. And that is on Friday night. So you guys, if you're listening, go down to Palmetto Ridge on Thursday. Go to North Fort Myers on Friday so bouncing back down to Collier County, um, I'm intrigued to see what Immokalee looks like this year. They got a new coach after struggling last year. Last year they went 3-7, and seven, missed the playoffs for the first time, and I believe it was uh, six, seven years. But 3-7 and seven is the worst record they've had in a long time. Um, and we don't know a ton about Immokalee just yet. Um, you know, we haven't been able to get a whole lot of information as reporters. We're not going out to practices, and their roster has not been updated on max prep, so we don't even know if their best players from last year are back. Like Frank Pierre? He's not on the roster right now. not on the roster right now. There's David Bell Reese, their running back, or Raheem Toombs, their other running back. So I don't even know who their quarterback is. Like, it's going to be interesting. And they play Gulf Coast, who I expect to be good. 
They were Gulf Coast was 500 last year, five and five. Got a lot of guys back. I think they should be a little bit better as well. So it's going to be a tough start for Mockley. I'm interested to see year two of Connor Barrett. Mm, yes. I, I mean, he took his lumps a little bit, but played pretty well, I would think. Amakali should provide a pretty good test for them right and out Gulf of the gate. Gulf Coast also has their three leading rushers back. They had a, kind of a three-headed uh, running attack last year, and all three are back. How about back in Lee County? What's the uh, second most thing you're, you're looking forward to? And it, it doesn't sound like a very sexy game, uh, Cypress Lake and Cape Coral, but I'm interested to see what Cypress Lake has to bring after winning their first district title in 24 years last year. They bring back Kyrie Savoy who is a great playmaker, their 1,000-yard back, Michael Lennett Jr., but they're trying to replace News Press Offensive Player of the Year, C.J. Shedd, who threw for 2,200 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. But from what I'm hearing, the quarterback situation at Cypress Lake, the cupboard is not bare. They've got a transfer in from Indiana, J.D. Sherrod, who is 6'1", 195 pounds, Mobile dude, dude. has a great arm. And if you're from Indiana, you're a stud. Let me tell you, anyone from Indiana is highly intelligent, very handsome, very athletic. Just based on my experience alone, that the people that I know from Indiana. Well, from who I heard it from, the term Tebow-like Whoa. was thrown out there. And obviously in Florida, that's a big deal. Yep, yep. So I had that written down. Can Cyber Slake do it again after such a great year last year? Bouncing back down to Collier County, another game that's going to be really good that's gotten overlooked because of Naples and Palmetto Ridge, Golden Gate and Laley. This has become quite a little rivalry recently. We Regan and I did a radio spot a couple weeks ago, and it was one of the games I mentioned, one of the best rivalries without a name. It's you know very similar schools. Both uh, teams that were surprises last year, Golden Gate 4-6, and six, which under a new coach and after losing a lot of seniors was a, a, a step in the right direction. Laley went to the playoffs. I think both teams are going to be better this year. Nick Bajika, both these are two second-year coaches. Nick Bajika, JJ, JJ Average, Average at Laley, both came in late last year and still had success despite having a short offseason. Now they've put in full offseasons, and you know Laley they got uh, the two studs and JJ Durville and Sergio Morency, so it's it should be a good game. What do you think of a soccer player that got it? Quarterback there at Golden Gate. Joaquin Acuna, he is probably the best soccer player in our area. Um, <laughs> and he's a big kid. Like, you know, you think of soccer players maybe being smaller and fat. He's 6'1", he's solid, 200 pounds of muscle. But he, Coach Bajika says he's been very dedicated. I mean, Joaquin Acuna, his future is in soccer. He's going to play soccer in college, and he's, he could play professionally. But he has dedicated himself in the weight room to this football team and to learning more of the offense. And they're saying they're going to throw it around a little bit more. they got the offensive coordinator, uh, Alan Carter, down there, who was uh, Jacquez Carter's dad. And he called the offense at Palmetto Ridge when Jacquez Carter threw for 1,800 yards. So maybe they open up that offense a little bit more. Yeah, and uh, we'll pop back up to Lee County. Obviously, Lehigh is a team that everybody's looking at this year because of all the D1-bound studs they have on the team. They open up with Island Coast and... Man, I can't see any way where Richard Young doesn't rush for over 150 yards and four touchdowns well, in that game. Well, Island Coast lost their best offensive weapon, right? I got, yep, they lost their best offensive weapon in Keon Anderson, who's now at Bishop Rowe. And you got a new coach up there at Island Coast. Uh, and it's been tough sledding the last couple of years for the Gators. Let me ask you, staying in um, Lee County, a thing that caught my eye on Thursday, actually, Riverdale at South Fort Myers. South Fort Myers is another team in a first-year coach. Went to the playoffs last year. They were a bit of a surprise. You think South Fort Myers can uh, kind of repeat that success? 
I think that's the expectation at South Fort Myers. They come out last year under Willis May, who came over from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. They make the playoffs, uh, probably thanks to Baron Collier losing their last three games of the season. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, they, they've got some real football players over there, namely Nathan Caster, their running back. I think he's a 1,500-yard back waiting to happen. you got Marco Cardona, who's just a straight-up football player. You play whatever you can play wherever – he can to help the team and and Riverdale should be interesting too to watch James Delgado says there are a bunch of names you would not recognize but they play as a team uh, they're coming off a three and seven season and they're always big Riverdale always has oh yeah they, they, well that's that's not up for debate yeah. so that should be an interesting opening Thursday game for, in Lee County I think there are some very good uh, games on the slate we didn't get to touch them all however coming back in the next segment We're going to do picks, and we will pick the winners of 10 of these very excellent games. So come on back and find out who's going to win. After the games each week, go to NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into your favorite segment of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's picks time. And guess what, Regan? You and I last week, both of us went 6-1 and one in week two. You correctly predicted Bishop Row over American Heritage, while I picked Southwest Florida Christian Academy. That is such a long title. Over Oasis. Well, let me tell you, they let me hear that, too, after that game. Oh, that uh, you picked they, against them? I picked against them. Yeah, yeah, especially when you win by 20. But we both went 5-0 and in the first week. You and I are tied at 11-1. and I'm going to take a moment to pat ourselves on the back. I mean, 11-1, and that's, that's pretty solid, right? Yeah, it's just week two, though. All right, so as I said, a full slate of games this week. Eight games on Thursday, eight games on Friday. We broke it down. We're going to pick five games on each night for you, starting on Thursday, and let's just throw it out there, man. Let's start with the big one. Naples at Palmetto Ridge. I think the Bears are, are primed for an upset. They are so excited about this. They've been looking forward to this. You know, they, they've got a, a little bit of secret. When I was doing the season preview, you mentioned the quarterback situation a week ago. Chris Token had told me about Gabe Seifert, who started for two years in Wisconsin before moving down here. I said, what are you doing with that quarterback? You're going to have Evan Rodriguez out there? You're going to have Gabe Seifert? He said, well, I'll tell you after this game. So, might see some surprises for the Bears. So, I'm sure you're picking Palmetto Ridge, correct? Uh, absolutely not. I just have one que- <laughs> one question. Uh, how many times has Palmetto Ridge beaten Naples? Well, let's see. They opened in 2004. They went to the playoffs in 07. Um, zero times. Palmetto Ridge has beaten Naples zero times. I have a strong, strong rule that if a team has never beaten another <laughs> team, they have to prove me wrong. Naples, I think, has earned the moniker of the number one team in Lee and Collier County. And until someone beats them and tells me differently... I'm going with Naples. Now, listen, I also did the preview for the Naples high school football team, and let me use this as a plug. Go to naplesnews.com slash sports slash prep zone to get all the previews for all the uh, Collier County teams. We're running those throughout the week. Uh, But Rick Martin, the new first-time head coach of the Naples high school Golden Eagles, he said, you know, everyone wants to ask me about the pressure and what's going to be different. He said, the only thing that's going to be different is me. He goes, but, and he's been there as long as Bill Kramer was there. He came into Naples High in 1998, but he's got the same offensive coordinator, same defensive coordinators. He's got the same coaches. Uh, They did lose a bit on offense, only have two starters back on offense, but that doesn't include Dustin McGill, who's a stud at running back. 
people are acting like that Naples lost their entire team. Like, they don't have any stars on the team. Like, Michael Moriarty doesn't still play right. for them. Devin Moore still doesn't play at Naples High. You mentioned Dustin McGill, those guys. Come on. And I, I asked him, I asked Coach Martin, said, you know, so new coach in town. You got this quarterback who can throw it a little bit, you know, or are you going to mix up the offense? He goes, no, we are who we are. We're Naples High. We're run first. And as Regan said, until someone else knocks them off, I'm going to continue to pick Naples. So we will both pick Naples. So let's uh, go to the Lee County game. Cypress Lake at Cape Coral. We touched on it earlier. Now, I did want to mention Cape Coral went 1-9 and nine last year. However, they played something like, what, 20 <laughs> sophomores like in the season. So they were yeah. very young, and they have most of those guys back, including their head coach, Dale Moore. Well, Dale Moore told me that in between his first and second year that offseason, he had to replace jersey numbers 1 through 28. And as you know, <laughs> the the best players get to get their first pick of the jerseys and they like the lower numbers. So he had to replace every one of those numbers going into last season. So yeah, they went 1 and 9. They got a little bit of experience this year. That being said, Cypress Lake's going to win this one big. Uh, people think that because they lost CJ Shed that they're a one-year wonder. Well, the Panthers are trying to prove everybody wrong and it starts on Thursday. Yeah, I agree. I think it will be closer than um, maybe last year, but I agree. Cypress Lake is good, and Cape Coral is looking better, but Cypress Lake is better. So let's stay up in Lee County. Riverdale at South Fort Myers. Teams we talked about earlier, it is at South Fort Myers. I'll go ahead and jump in. I'll take the Wolfpack to start the season with a W. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Wolfpack too. I think this is going to be a close one, though. I think Riverdale will have some answers for South Fort Myers, but in the end, too much talent over there for Willis May. Down in Collier County, Golf Coast at Immokalee. Touched on it earlier, Immokalee Young. Golf Coast has a ton back. It is another first-time head coach, at least at Golf Coast. And Todd Nichols, who was the head coach at Baker for two years before coming down to Golf Coast. As a defensive coordinator, he served as the defensive coordinator at Golf yes, Coast. And, he's, and he was at, on Pete Fomania's staff, I was going to say, too, he started well. back in 2012 with Pete Fomania, went up to Baker, came back down, and first-time, uh, not first-time head coach, yeah, first-time head coach, Johnny Smith for Immokalee, who has been a uh, – was a defensive coordinator for Mark Ivey at Baron Collier, went up and coached in Michigan for about 10 years. He's back at his alma mater, Immokalee. However, I think Golf Coast is just bigger, more players, bigger players, a little bit more talent. I'll take Golf Coast. I'm going to pick against you here. Ooh, uh, I like I'm, it. I'm going to go Immokalee. We haven't seen their roster. We don't know if the, who's on the team, but I say they still have some of the guys that they have from last year. Had some good playmakers on the team. I'm going to go with Immokalee. Very cool. Last game for Thursday night. We're staying in Collier County. It's that East Naples rivalry without a name we talked about. Golden Gate at Laley. I think this is going to be a very close and low-scoring game. How do you see it playing out, Regan? I've got Laley in this one. I say it every year about Laley. It's just an untapped resource down there. They have athletes on top of athletes, and I think that this is the season they put it all together. I had them in our Southwest Florida top 10. I think they stay in the top 10. They do have athletes, but so does Golden Gate. Very similar makeups for these teams. And Golden Gate has hit that weight room hard. And Coach uh, Everidge even told me in the preseason, one of the games they lost was Golden Gate last year, and he felt they were out-muscled, out-manned. And Golden Gate seems to be stronger. However, I do think Laley has a little bit more talent. I'm intrigued by this Laley offense. You know, last year they ran for 444 yards the entire season. Like, that's bananas. Yeah, Laley's offense was was not much to uh, shake a stick at last year. However, I think it will be better. J.J. Durville back for a second year under center, as well as in the defensive backfield. I'll take Laley. So we only have one difference so far. Let's go to Friday night. And again, let's go big. Let's start big. Fort Myers at North Fort Myers. It's going to be a good one. 
Fort Myers is 40 and 13 all time in this series. And they've pretty much dominated the series lately. I'm going to go with Fort Myers. North is going to have to stop them and prove it to me. North is at home. I think that gives them a slight bit of an advantage. Um, however, Fort Myers will negate that. I think they just have more overall talent this year. So I agree. I'll take Fort Myers. Let's go to Ida Baker at Mariner. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been nose deep in Carter County football previews. I don't know a ton about either one of these teams. Why don't you learn me up? Ida Baker is the trendy pick to be the dark horse this year uh, under Chuck Fawcett. They went 5-5 five and five last year. Their quarterback's back. They've got a couple of their skill players back and some decent offensive linemen. I think that they're really the team that should surprise out of the Cape this year. And Mariner, uh, new coach, but always tough. I hate picking against Mariner because every time I do, they just punch me in the mouth like they do out on the field. <laughs> so, But still, I'm going to go to Ida Baker. I'm a glutton for punishment. Remind me, what did uh, what was Mariner's record last year? Four and six, it looks like. Yeah. And they, you know, you talked me into it. As I said, I don't know a ton about this, so I'm just going to go opposite. Just to go opposite, I'm going to take Mariner. It's not a bad pick. We'll take the Tritons. This is going to be a good little small school game. Canterbury at SFCA. Canterbury, the defending SFAC. The SSAC champs against the SFCA. This is hard to talk. Very difficult. We like Canterbury. We like SFCA, but who do we like to win? Uh, the recency bias is in my head. I, I mean, Eli Moore's still throwing for touchdown passes in my head. I mean, that was a three-hour game of just pure offense, and I think SFCA has too much of it for Canterbury. So I am going the opposite way because when I saw SFCA, they did not have much offense. That They found it late, but uh, community school, as I said, the only 2-0 and team in the – in Southwest Florida, they beat SFCA pretty handily. And I know the Cougars are excited about this year. So I'm going to take Canterbury. Why, now. Not? Why not take the team that Marco Island gave trouble last week? <laughs> sure. Or the team that CSN stomped in week one. Hey, CSN's much improved. They are. They are. Uh, speaking of good teams, Bishop Vero, they're hosting another strong program. I don't necessarily know what they have this year, but Lakeland Christian Always as good. Um, maybe a smaller school, though, but I, if I recall right, Bishop Rowe didn't have a problem with them last year, right? They didn't. They beat them 38 to nothing last year. But that was only one of two Lakeland Christian losses. Lakeland Christian wow. went to a state Final Four last really? year. Yes. Wow. I think they had a better draw than Vero. They you know, played in the same classification as Vero, but they had a better draw, and they got there. But I think Vero, they're on a two-game winning streak against Lakeland Christian, who's traditionally one of the uh, powerhouse. Yeah. I think Bishop Rowe is going to keep it going in this one. Too many weapons. This defense apparently is trying to be as good as they were last year, and if they're even anywhere close, that's going to be scary. I agree. Bishop Rowe has been very impressive in the first two weeks of the season, even though they did lose their opening game to a very, very strong Tampa Jesuit team. They impressed me last week. I also will take Bishop Rowe in our final game of the Week 3 Picks segment. East Lee at Dunbar. Dunbar loaded with talent. Eastley, probably not there yet. I think I have a feeling which way both of us are going to go, but why don't you go ahead and tell me who you're picking. It's going to end the same as it does every year. Dunbar's going to stomp Eastley. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Dunbar just stacks, man. I mean, how many how many D1 commits they got on that Too team? Too many. Too many. I talked to Sammy Brown last week when I was doing the preview, and he's just like, he doesn't even know all the D1 guys <laughs> he has. It's, it's just an embarrassment of riches. 
Yeah, pretty impressive. So that'll do it. Those are our 10 games. We have three differences. Regan's taking Immokalee. I'm taking Gulf Coast. Regan's taking Baker. I'm taking Mariner. And then I got Canterbury. Regan has SFCA. So those are the games to watch. And as always, stay tuned to NaplesNews.com slash sports slash prep zone and news dash press.com slash sports for live updates two nights this week, Thursday night, Friday night. Regan, which games are you going to be at? I'll be at Riverdale, South Fort Myers, and then the Calusa-Hatchie rivalry. Those are two fantastic games. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm at Naples at Palmetto Ridge, which I think is going to be fun. And then Gateway Charter at St. John Newman. St. John Newman won a uh, shutout in their first game last week, so that could be good as well. So once again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for Amanda Inscore for stepping in and producing in, uh, in place of Andrea Melendez, who could not make it this week. And we will talk to everyone next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games.